Real quick, explain officiating wrestler dads. It was one of those things I thought I was gonna need an escort out of the gym. Sometimes in life there's no roadmap, right? Um, you know, as much as you think, I've got everything mapped out. Well, there's a fork in the road, there's a jump in the road, there's a cornfield in front of you, and you gotta get through those things. I read that you got your start in, at a golf course. Your grandpa got you into that. So yeah. how... Uh, could you explain, like, was that just like a, a fun thing? Take the kid out on the golf course. How did it, how did it develop into being what you wanted to do for a career? It really boiled down to work, actually. Okay. Um, so he was a dairy farmer his entire life, and when he retired from dairy farming, he constantly got up early in the morning and didn't know what to do with himself. So he joined a, a small little semi-private golf course, and uh, <clears throat> they lived in Fort Atkins in Wisconsin, and he. Um, always thought the value of work and so they still even in his late 70s he was still farming about 70 acres worth of uh, vegetable crops so like lima beans sweet corn watermelon mm -hmm. muskmelon those were kind of the crops there was a big cannery in town and so a lot of times we had to pick rocks like the day before and then if we got enough work done then we'd go play golf in the morning um, but it was one of those things when you get out at 5 5 30 in the morning we just talked about sunrises it's one yeah. of the most beautiful yeah. peaceful times in the morning and then I started to realize, I'm like, wow, this could be like a profession. And I love being outdoors and never really dreamed of, kind of being in an office type setting. And so this was just a great opportunity to be um, out in nature. And um, I was blessed enough, small world. My, um, my godparents, um, Randy Smith, ran a golf course. So he was a superintendent at Coma Country Club, which is about 20 minutes away from where I grew up. So that's where I worked for eight years going through college. And it just, it just stuck. You're like, I just want to stay doing this i just want to stay on the course you know what the crews um uh, it's like wrestling teams right each year's just a little bit different yeah different characters you know come through and you kind of have to be unique to be up at 5 5 30 in the morning mm -hmm. and go out and cut grass and some mornings it's 40 degrees some mornings it's like already 80 mm -hmm. um but to be outside and then you know assume like leadership roles and i spent time there i spent time at maple bluff um after college i went to milwaukee uh worked for a private jewish club uh, for about three years, we finished an irrigation system install. And, but I was really looking for a superintendent's job at like 24, 25, 26. And um, I looked like everybody else, right? I looked just like everybody else. I had a degree. I had, you know, years of experience in a private country club and just was struggling to find that next step as a superintendent. And one of my college buddies said, hey, why don't you come finish this grow in? Um, Arthur Hills was finishing a grow out of a public course about 40 minutes away. Um, it was more of a lateral, but at that point in time, I was like, you know what, I'll give it a shot mm -hmm. and we'll finish the grow. I love construction, digging in the dirt, growing yep. up on a farm. So we finished the grow in, and about 18 months after being there, I interviewed for three jobs and got offered all three. One was in St. Louis, one was in Kansas City, and one was in Michigan. Uh, <clears throat> the Michigan one was really appealing because it was closer to home, yeah. and it was northern season grasses. Um, once you start getting further south, St. Louis, Kansas City, you get in those transition zones where I call it the sweaty armpit time of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just yeah. so hot. Yeah. You have experience with that type of grass just being yeah. from Wisconsin. You know, yeah. so. Correct. So yeah. it was an easier transition. Yeah. Here's the other thing. When I interviewed at that place, um, I got there you know, uh, about six hours early, toured the entire golf course. Funny story, I changed in behind the post office because it's kind of a touristy area, so there wasn't like um, a place to change, so I changed behind the lakeside post <laughs> yeah, office. Yeah. Um, you got to do what you got to do, man. <laughs> yep. So I, I drove over and drove back that day, but uh, you know, it was one of those things where I didn't have anything to lose because I had another you know, offer at that point in time. I needed one more time with another place, but it was the place was so bad. Um, it was this private golf course, and it was just a disaster. And it was one of those things where I, I, I'm like, 
Either they're going to really receive what I have to say because it's critical of the place. Yeah, not, yeah. hey, this place looks really good, you know, it was yeah, bad. Yeah. And that's what they wanted to hear. And they wanted to see somebody that had a vision to change what was actually there. So I got offered the job and started. And they had a 10-year plan to rebuild the golf course. We did it in three. All right, guys, a quick 30-second break. I want to give a shout-out to Chris Inman of Idea Cleveland. He's the guy that provided us with the new mics, helping the show sound so much better than it did before. And he provided us with some podcasting tips and tricks to make the show as a whole better. So I want to give him a shout out. Idea Cleveland. He can help you with your podcast. He can make videos for your website or social media. Chris Inman is the man. Give him a look up. Reach out to him. Get a hold of him if you need some help with your stuff. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate you, man. Back to the show. Um, and then I got recruited to go back to Milwaukee. Um, but there I got to coach high school wrestling. So okay. um, that was my kind of intro into coaching. I was uh, I officiated for 20 years. Okay. Um, right out of high school, I had two great coaches. I wasn't good enough to wrestle at Madison, but they're like, hey, we always need officials. So I helped pay my way through school by officiating. By officiating, yeah. yeah. So I did junior high, I did JV. I actually got, um, I roomed with four girls the second to last year of college. One of them's... Um, Boyfriends was Bart Chelsvig, who okay. wrestled for Wisconsin or wrestled for Iowa. Um, he was one of the Wisconsin coaches and said, "Hey, we need another official for the Northern Open." I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. You know, it's college. Uh -huh. I had fun. It was different yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They put themselves in. You know, they, they they set up for you know two and a half minutes to get that one quick shot, yeah, and then they yeah, went yeah. two to one. I'm like, ah. Kind of like the kids that roll yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Give it out ten points. Period. Two, <laughs> two, whoa, whoa, two over here. Oh, we got yeah, another two yeah, yeah. going that way. So it's fun. Real quick, explain for uh, everyone, anyone watching. Um, I guess I would say officiating. Let's say wrestler dads. Oh, uh, <laughs> the, the young ages and the young ages. Any any experiences with that? Um, as in them yelling at me or coming down on the mat or, uh, or what's anything good or bad. You know, I would say wrestling is one of those uh, passion sports, right? You've got to be passionate. passionate. Well, your blood's out there on the mat, you know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, my son got to wrestle at Ignatius for the, the last three years, uh, so sophomore. Uh, for his first year, I didn't coach. Uh, second year, he asked me to step in. And, and so being a, that was the first time being a dad and then coaching. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I could see the difference. Yep. Uh, but, but having said that, you know, as an official... You really tried to be um, as anonymous as possible. You would be as neutral. Yeah. Yeah. As anonymous. Yep. You're just there and you're just like... You don't want to be known. You're to maintain the, like, yep. you know, yeah, the, the, the boundaries and whatnot. That's Your goal is to not be seen. If you do yep. a good job, you let the wrestlers decide yep, on yep, the yep, yep. Um, We were talking the other day about one of the craziest matches. Um, I got to meet uh, Chet Peters and the whole Peters family from down in the Claymont area. And okay. those, you know, those are nine wrestlers and their families. Dude, there's a lot of like families out in the Claymont area that just mm -hmm. pump wrestlers out, dude. But I feel like that's just what they do out there, man. Yeah, Lane Peters wrestled yep. out at Army. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we were talking about you know crazy matches, and I had one. It was East Troy Elkhorn. It was for the conference title, and it was one of those gyms that you know they had darkened and you know the center light and the main event, and you know it was like the two towns against each other. And I stalled the heavyweight out of the match. Oh, um, really? Yeah, and, and, they, and they lost. Um, and it was one of those things I thought I was going to need an escort out of the gym. Yeah. And the, the coach of the losing team, he goes, I hate to tell you this, he goes, but that actually was the right call. He goes, yeah. I, I, he just blocked and blocked and yeah. turned. He just he, he didn't even try to circle back in. He just kept going out. And I said, yeah. the, other guy, the other guy had two on him, so it was going to go either way, but then the one guy just decided to retreat right out of yeah, bounds. Yeah, yeah. And, there, and the gym goes wild, and I'm just like, this is... It's tough. It's a bad spot sucks. for you because it is the right call, but... It, it, even yeah, having the call match on that too, it just 
But you got it's it's your job, man. Well, it was the conference title. Yeah, I mean, right, was, right, right. This it wasn't said, like it was just you know a couple of teams, you know, right, right. A duel. This was and it was it was awesome. I mean, it was electric crowd. Right, 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 right. They're screaming back and forth. Gym's full. Those are the matches you want. Right. Yeah, it's it's one of those where you're excited to be a part of it, but you don't want to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah where yeah. <laughs> it happens though when you step on the mat. That's your job. Your it's job is job, to, yep. to, to do what you can and. Um, you try to do the best job so the right, you know, the, the right outcome happens. You never right. want to be that official where, you know, you miss something and so you try to stay in shape. And right, you also, right, right. Um, you know, new officials always try to, they always try to get into it because they're like, they're, they want to see the yeah, action. Yeah, yeah. The best advice I can give is stay on the outside and it's just let the wrestlers work. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Keep them in, keep them doing their thing, keep them hustling. Yeah. You know, and then set expectations. When you show up at, um, you know, the way and you're like, here's what I expect. You're going to get hit for stalling if you step out of the, you know, the, the center right, of the, right. the, the mat. We want, we want to see action right so. no doubt no doubt it's just it's you see it we've i mean i know we've seen it for years you, you've seen it for a lifetime as well it's dude even the best officials are getting reamed at some point oh, even yeah. for the right call like it's just like like you said there's so much passion involved in it man and it's just like dude people get upset in the in that moment and whatnot and it's like it's that'd be a hard thing to officiate dude but i think i could see my dad wanting to do something like that and that yeah. would be something i'd be like nah <laughs> you shouldn't do don't do that dude <laughs> Be a little hard of hearing, you know, yeah, 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 you gotta block some stuff yeah. out. I feel like I think only one time did, did uh, one parent ever, and it was it, it, it wasn't a dad, it was a mom. That, that's uh, it, I was asking my moms too, man. Yeah. I mean, they got their place as well. Oh, yeah, so you know? definitely, but some, sometimes they just get a little bit, and you know, that was it, wasn't even, I, I think it was just in one of the gyms that we were at, and yeah, sometimes they. They gotta leave. Right, right, right. No, that's cool. I just wanted to touch on that one. It's people who are not in the sport of wrestling would have no idea, you know? Like, <laughs> yes. But, uh, no, that's very cool. Very cool. Um, when did you start wrestling? And uh, I think you said, did you did you say you stopped before college? Or what you did you do? Okay. Yeah, so I started wrestling in third grade. Uh, my mom used to throw my buddies and I into a station wagon, and, you know, we'd go all over southern Wisconsin. And, nice. you know, I remember our first one, we didn't. You know, it was my mom taking us, and uh, you know that we got beat up pretty, pretty bad, as I remember. Yeah. And uh, one of my buddies was, at least we didn't cry like some of those other kids did. Yeah, and so, yeah, you know, wrestling. Yeah. I, I'll be honest, it, you know, it teaches you a lot. Oh, and, and you guys know this. Look, character. If you're not prepared, you're gonna get beat. It's and true. and I think in life, you know, as a, as an executive, I run a you know 150 million dollar company, and you know the reality is you got to be prepared. And, yeah. and when you step out, um, I love the way some of these teams prepare now. I mean, they you know they look at every move and they look at tendencies and. You know, you yep. look at the Penn States, and you know they're they're doing a lot of homework before they ever wrestle a match. Right, right, right. And and I think in life that's one of the things. So I started in third grade, wrestled all the way through, um, and I would say I was average at best. Uh, you know, I just was one of those things where it was a great sport and participated. Tough conference. Um, I remember the the conference title was hinged on my match. The guy, um, the one seventy one pounder tore his knee up the week before we had to wrestle Pacatonica, which is like, you know, the cross down, you know, cross city rival. Okay. And uh, and I was like one fifty two, one fifty five, so I had to gain some weight to get up to up to sixty seven. Yeah. And the only goal uh, my coach told me is don't get pinned. He goes, if you don't get pinned, he goes, we win this match. And just based on the numbers. Sure enough, I lost uh, thirteen to one. Okay. Um, so it was just a major. It wasn't a tech fall, yeah. and we won. We won the duel in the conference. It's a dub, man. So it was, but but you got to take your lumps. You got you got to take it, man. Yep. You take That's it, a man. team win right there. Though. It's a team win. That's yeah. a self sacrifice in a way, but. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, honestly, you, you had to go out there and you were the last piece regardless of the score. So Yeah, you got you to gotta do your part. And I think that that's the part that I enjoyed about coaching all those years was, you know, the matchups. It's like, okay, yeah. you, you guys know it's, this. It's it's like, like, I normally wrestle this way, but I got to go up one. Right, right, right. I got to, you know, I got to I gotta win my match. I got to get a I gotta get a major. I got to get a five right. or a six out of this, you know, based on the points. Yeah, yeah. You're the general to a little army, man. And yeah. there's 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 a lot of, there's, it's chess. It's still chess, man. And everyone thinks of the sport so much as an individual sport because, I mean, you see one-on-one. On one but I mean, there's there's still a ton of team aspect to, to the sport, man. Especially when we get into the dual meet tour type of stuff, man. That's the Everyone fun. got to pull their weight, man. You That's know? the fun part. I I enjoyed. It. I, I can still remember in Michigan we uh, we had to wrestle Brandywine, and that was, that was the rival school. And the the former head coach was down there, and we hadn't beat him in years. Okay. And uh, we had changed the gym up. We had darkened it, put the center light. In yeah. It, yeah, yeah. And we had the matches all counted. Okay. You know, we knew exactly what we needed to do. One of our 35-pounder pulled it out, um, got a major instead of uh, um, uh, just a three-point win, yeah. and we won by two. And, so <laughs> there you just, go. and they were watching the points, too. Yep. I saw the head coach you know, threw down this thing because they knew they had lost. Because yep. our kids were, you know, we were going to hammer them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that... Uh... Oh man, it's the swing match. match. The swing yep. match, dude. Yeah. Yep. That is the swing match, yep. And he had come out that year. He had never wrestled before. And it, and it was just one of those things where I'm like, sometimes. It's awesome when a kid does that unexpectedly, man. You know, wrestling is one of those sports that, you know, unlike basketball, where, you know, there's a. It's just kind of different. You yeah. can still pick the sport up and be successful. Uh, I love it when you get a, a freshman kid that comes in at, when I was coaching at Marquette, never wrestled before, and then makes a state tournament yeah. in their junior or senior year. Dude, yeah. it's awesome. I, I So I do some uh, uh, assistant coaching, volunteer assistant coaching at uh, Avon. Oh. And uh, we had one kid that, you know, started as a freshman, and then junior year he's taking fourth in D1 State, you know. And then, you know, it's awesome, man. They just, like, the – yeah, some of these guys just they, they just peak later, and he's wrestling. You know, he's wrestling D one at OU right now. You know, and it's just like it's 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 cool, man. Yeah, it, some people are so deterred from the sport from starting later because they think they they're too late. They gotta wait, Dude, it depends know. who you are. It's it, like again, it's 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 all it's uh it's it's an individual sport in a way too. You know, you can still pick things up on your own. You know, and uh, you you just you don't know. You sure. don't know. Yeah. So. What uh? What would you say is one of the most important things you learned from wrestling? Again, I, I talk about being prepared. Uh, it's one of those things where you get into it. What you you know what what you put in, you get out. And and I think it's one of those things where you know there's so many lessons when um, some days you're just going to get beat, right? Some days the, the your opponent is just better. And I think there's a realization of you know kind of um, being humble, you know, when you win and being humble when you lose. Yep. Um, and, and those are some you know great lessons to and, and you know look there's some pain points, right? You're gonna have to you're gonna have to push yourself through some um, you know really tough times whether you're battling an injury, broken fingers, broke I when I get broke my nose, uh, you know, coaching one year so. Um, you know, those things all happen, and, and, and you got to figure out mentally how to get through it. And I think that's what wrestling does for you, because you have to be mentally prepared um, from so many different levels. I remember we were wrestling down at uh, Mineral Point, which is like a hotbed of wrestling, like a claim on, like 
uh, one of those areas. And this guy from Riverdale, Jay Gribble, I mean, he was a mental, mental guy. I mean, he was, he'd come up to you, you're next, you're next. You know, he'd just get right up in your face, and mm-hmm. you're just like, man, are you okay? Yeah. But he was wired so tight, mm-hmm. and he, he produced. I mean, yeah. he was yeah, stage yeah. But that was just, he, That's how he did it. And he paced, and he paced, and he paced, and he paced, yeah. and he wore the, you know, the, the rubber off the bottom of his shoes. <laughs> and back then, we didn't have iPads. You know, we didn't have, you know, earbuds. We had Walkmans, right? right, right Walkmans right. with a, you know, a tape mix that we made since yeah, yeah. back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, but the mental preparation, you know, sometimes you psych yourself out. Right? Yeah, you so, can. So, so you've got to really think about that mental aspect mm-hmm. of things. Physical is one part, um, but not always the strongest wrestler wins, right? They sure. go down just as fast right. as anybody else. For sure, for sure, man. No, it's cool. Yeah, everyone has their everyone has their way, their their routine, whatever their prep style, whatever it has to be, man. And uh, it's 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 interesting to see, man. It's I mean, we see it. I think we see it in fighting, and you you, you see it, you see it in wrestling as well, man. You you don't know they're, they're primal sports, you know, and it's it's interesting to see the different types of prep, um, by you know from person to person, you know, it's cool. It's definitely cool. It's definitely a different a different thing to realizing that, you know, in wrestling you're not always going to win, and that's helped me a lot in life because you can lose the day and still be very successful in what you're doing, and you know sometimes you don't even really know why you got beat up by the day, but but it still happens. So yeah. that that's something that's become more present, I, I should say, in my life that I've realized that like man, like why why couldn't I win today? And it's like ah, it doesn't fall that way sometimes. Yeah. So it's uh. I'd say that was the biggest thing because inevitably you're, you know, unless you're just one of those guys that starts off and kicks everyone's butt, like you're you're gonna you're gonna end up losing more than you win in in, in the grand scheme of things. So you try not to, right? I mean, yeah, you try not, you try to, not yeah. to. You, you, you got to be ready, ready, though. Yeah, with your the right, right. headspace, but right. you know there are times, and I think there's always this this mindset of I got to back up and I got to regroup and I got to rethink and what yeah. went well, and, and that 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 carries you all the way through life because you know there are times in the, the you know running a park district with a thousand plus full time employees for fourteen hundred seasonals. Um, you know, some days you have to redirect yeah. and, and, and re-prepare. And sometimes I think that's what sports teaches you is that, hey, I'm not always going to, and I'm going to have to handle those emotions. And right. um, I'm going to have to either, you know, and it's interesting being on the wrestling side and then being on the coaching side and being an official, you see all different levels of um, uh, opportunities, right? Yeah, you yeah. see some of them that, you know, they win with ease. Sometimes they have to grit it out. Sometimes they hit a locker at the end of it. Right. You got to work through all those levels of emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. I think uh, if you look at it the right way, man, wrestling can definitely prepare you for like uh, uh, the highs and the lows, the the ebb and flow of it. You know, um, you're up here. You're not gonna stay up here for too too long. You know, it's <laughs> you don't just get up here and just stay here. You're gonna come back down here, but you ain't gonna stay down here for too damn long either. You know, it's just it's it's up and down, man. But it's at the end of the day too. I think that's also that that's just like he said. It's it's life. You're not gonna win every day. So, <clears throat> in in managing the uh, the metro park, so you're responsible for thousands of acres of land. You know, multiple parks, um, some golf courses as well. Um, how do you manage so many different things all at once? Because you've got to have multiple projects going on, and it's got to be it's got to be more than probably both him and I have ever managed at once. Combined. Yeah. I mean, I think it's um, it's it's part of what I thrive on. I absolutely love being. I'm best when I'm busiest. And when you look at twenty four thousand four hundred acres, eight golf courses, five nature centers, eighteen park reservations, marinas, uh, parking structures, um, 
we, we have a lot under management, uh, a world-class zoo that uh, you know takes a lot of time. The, the interesting thing is, is that you have to trust but verify. You have to hire the right people for the right pay at the right time, and then you have to trust that they're going to be able to do their jobs. And as a leader, it's not your job to do their job. It's your job to empower them and, and get them the resources. And I think there's a huge difference. When I left, um, when I was talking about Michigan coming back to Milwaukee, um, the difference was I was managing managers at a very young age. And then I had to realize there were different ways to go at it, right? Just like in wrestling, there's different ways to, you know, take somebody down. There's different ways to do a breakdown. There's different ways to, you know, cross body. You know, there's just different techniques. And there's different ways to run properties or run yep. things. And so when you start to understand there's common grounds, like here's the goals, here's what I want to get to, help us get there. And it may not always be your way. Then sometimes you have to, you have to step back and say, okay, we got there. Um, and then can you improve the process? And here it's kind of that way as well. I mean, we, we have... Uh, um, we have land in all the counties surrounding, so Lake Lorraine, Geauga, Medina, Summit counties. Um, our taxing authority is uh, really Cuyahoga County and Hinckley Township. But running all these different things, I mean, right now the zoo is going to run $22 million worth of projects over the next uh, 20 months. So we're doing a new front entrance um, with our uh, Mandel uh, administration addition. We're going to do a $6.5 million bear exhibit, and we're working on a whole new uh, front entrance concept. So that's 20 plus million there. We just got a, a million dollars from the RAISE grant, which is a federal transportation program, to help connect trails. So this healthy lifestyle is really what we're about. We're also really trying to make sure that we can connect residents um, right. where their house is. So, you know, we talk about the parks. You know, you're right near it, right here in Strongsville, um, right near the Valley Parkway, the chalet, um, great training at the chalet stairs, you know, a good cardio. Uh, but, but having that access, um, but being able to uh, lead through some of those things. Pandemic was tough, right? right. Um, not a lot of contact. The parks were the place where people went. Yeah, um, yeah. We lost $17 million worth of funding. We didn't get additional. Um, we had to manage within. We had people from our administration building washing golf carts, taking uh, tickets. So w we had to pivot. And, yeah. and some of those things, you know, wrestling, you know, the, you have to think sequences. Where am I at? One move, two moves, three yeah, moves yeah. ahead. And, you know, we had scenarios one through six. We thought we'd never get to six. Well, we hit scenario number five by, like, August of the pandemic. We're like, wow, this is not good. Uh, but we managed to, again, work our way through it. You trust your leadership team. You communicate effectively. All those things uh, led to us getting through it in a, in a good fashion. Right. Um, but I love it. I love being busy. I love challenging people um, and hopefully inspiring them to continue to do great things. So outside of the, we can all relate on the pandemic being something that none of us could have foresaw, but what's an example of maybe something job specific or even life specific that where something came out of nowhere, you couldn't have saw it coming in, you've had to act and just, and just pivot on the spot? Well, I would say the zoo closing was probably, mm -hmm. you know, we got lumped into the kind of entertainment business. Parks could stay open, right? Well, yeah. how was the zoo any different than a park? Than a park, yeah. Uh, right. And so we kept arguing that, and uh, we didn't win. We didn't get it. Uh, we didn't get open. We were closed for two and a half months, and then it was one of those epiphany ideas. I, I wake up at like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, hey, why don't we just do a drive-through, right? Why don't we do a drive-through? Uh, people can drive through the park, and so we worked very hard at. Um, State Rep Tom Patton, um, he got to the governor's office. We worked with the city's, um, what I would call, you know, the, their group that would uh, 
you know, authorized basically, you know, it to go through. And we literally got permission and we opened the next day. So we could have been closed for another 30 days, but then we started doing this drive-through. And now um, it's actually working through our wild winter lights and Asian Lantern Festival and all those other things. So that was a good cause and effect because we're on 80, 188 acres and you can drive through. I don't know if you've done it or not, but it's, mm -hmm. it's a pretty unique opportunity to see the zoo very differently. So that was a quick pivot. And when I pitched to the zoo director, he's like, you want to drive cars in the zoo? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Um, and a couple of chieftain, one of our construction companies said, hey, we'll help put some barriers around the exhibits. Uh, and we had no problems. It was an absolutely fantastic um, pivot. It was an audible. It was an audible call and we did it. We achieved it. And now we're actually using it in our business model. When you have an idea like that, do you, I mean, do you seek, you know, like a, a conversation with someone you trust to, to almost like validate, okay, is this, a, is this a good or a bad idea? Because I feel like... I have ideas, you know, what different things we can do for this podcast, you know, things of that nature. And I typically lean on people close to me that I feel like can give me good, honest feedback. Is that similar for you or? It's, it's a little bit different being in leadership. You, mm -hmm. you need to be seen as, you know, strong and that you've, mm -hmm. kind of, you've yeah. got this thing kind of worked through. Having said that, um, a lot of times I'll throw high level ideas at the team. And then we'll sit and, 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 and spitball it around and work it through. And they almost always come up with something that's better than what the original idea was. Right. And that's the uniqueness of having a great team around you. Um, the idea can be, you know, a kernel of corn that grows a crop. And so essentially those are the things that happen. It's like, hey, did you think about this? Do you think about this? How are we going to tickets? What are we going to do for a pull-off if a car goes down? What about this? How are we going to sell? So all of those things, you know, they start to answer. And so sometimes you're very high-level visionary, and then you have to get down into strategy tactics of how do you deploy that. And when you build a team for that, um, it actually becomes pretty natural to be able to achieve some of those things. So certainly leaning on people, but that was one of those things that nobody had done. And we're just like, we're going to do it. We're absolutely going to do it, and this is what we did. We did the igloos. Um, that wasn't necessarily you know, this, this new idea because they had been kind of out, but we bought like 14 of them. And the business model at Merwin's during the winter, it, it just it, the, you can get 100 people at night or you can get like four depending on the weather. The igloos are all pre-booked. So for us, we can control staff, we can control food, we can control costs, and we can control profit. And so from that end, it's a great experience. We've had a sheet of ice down there. It's kind of a winter, winter wonderland. Um, so, it, so that was another good cause and effect of the pandemic that caused our business model to change for the better. Yeah, you're able to take a look. Okay, we know we're going to have, you know, four, four igloos booked. You know, instead of having a full staff, like if that's all we're going to have, we only need this amount of food, these people, stuff Correct. like that. It's very interesting. Instead of looking at it from like a, from a standpoint of, you know, I, I guess that's kind of taking the how do we be prepared? Like, well, you can control the variable of knowing how many people are going to be there that way. Yes, it's actually a really good way to in a restaurant. Um, like I said, you could be you know two hundred plus full or you know ten. Uh, just depending on the weather. And, and Merwin's is this unique little kind of recreational oasis down in the Cuyahoga yep. River, and the, the igloos have done very well. And now to have this winter winter fest where you can rent ice skates on a real sheet of ice, um, ultimately our goal is at the chalet where our toboggan shoots are to put an Olympic-sized sheet of ice and then hopefully host some hockey games. Oh, that would be so awesome. Something that's outdoorsy yeah. I, I think would be a super cool addition to the, the region. We were, uh, we were just down there. We took the... Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to get the words mixed up, but the Cleveland Comedy Bus, because mm -hmm. they have that stop. The halfway point is down at Merwin, so we uh, we hopped on it at Collision Bend and then made our way down there. We were trying to um, 
get a dinner reservation down there but we we waited too long so we ended up we ended up going somewhere else but uh i i'd been down there one time for a wrestlers and business event and i'd never been down there it's a beautiful location it's awesome yeah, it was something that the, the Western Rowing Association really put together, uh, preserving this with a whole host of others that include Trust for Public Land. And, you know, partnerships are one of the big things that, that we've really um, focused on in this community. We can't do it alone. Um, and I think, you know, when you have a wrestling partner, you, you know, you, your wrestling partner makes you better, right? If you, okay. if you pick the, 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 the mediocre, you're not going to get better. And right. if you want to get better, you, you pick the best. Right. And, and when we're here working with the Port on Irishtown Bend or working with um, you know, uh, Land Studio or West Creek Conservancy, partners make us better. And I think that's one of the, the, the fun parts that Merwin's kind of spawned out of this huge partnership now at Seven Acres Preserve. And now the, the Rowing Foundation um, has come, you know, full circle. So we've got that. Um, we're talking about a community sailing center. So it's really spurred some really unique economic development as well as preserving green space on the river. It's awesome. Nice. Nice. Do you uh, do you have any further questions for Brian? Uh, I do not. Um, how about is, yourself? Is it is it time? Is it time? Is it time? Is it time? <laughs> so is it time? It might at, be the, time. at the end of every show, we like to ask each guest what makes them hard to kill. So that's not necessarily the you know the literal physical translation, but essentially, what do you feel like makes you um, unique? And if push comes to shove, what's going to give you the ability to scramble and and uh, you know, make things happen for yourself, for your family. So, what is it that makes you hard to kill? Just tenacious, absolutely tenacious. Um, it's one of those things where you know the energy you bring, you know, it, it exudes through you into others, and um, you know, you've got to show no fear in, in what you're doing. Um, you know, sometimes in life there's no roadmap, right? Um, you know, as much as you think I've got everything mapped out, well, there's a fork in the road, there's a jump in the road, there's a cornfield in front of you, and you've got to get through those things. Um, and, and I just, I, I really never take no. If we need, if we need to get something done, um, like the lakefront's a great example. It took, uh, you know, two administrations, two governor administrations, like four ODNR directors. We just never gave up. And we ended up pulling $14 million from a state capital budget, which is almost unheard of, to rebuild um, the parks for this community. You know, that's a huge deal. So a little bit like a pit bull just bulldogging your way through, pushing yourself through. And again, the, you know, wrestling teaches you so many of those things that, mm-hmm. you know, you can score in 10 seconds. You can pin a person in, 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 in five. Yeah. And so, you know, you never know when your opportunity is going to be there. So right. be prepared, be tenacious, um, and get after it. And look, none of us get out of this alive, right? No, so yeah, we don't. Use, use every day to your advantage. Yep. And I think that's the that's the part that makes makes life fun. It's like, you know what? You, you are what you eat, and, and just keep working hard. A dog in a fight is a dog in a fight, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very sound mindset to have in a world that's seemingly losing, you know, losing that. So it's refreshing. It's refreshing to hear. I mean, I think that's something both drew and i do ourselves where it's like okay if if you know if route a b and c are closed it's not just like wine to the people closing routes a b and c until they open it back up it's like well we'll we'll dig a trench underneath yeah, and that's yeah, route yeah, d yeah. how do we, yeah, so, how do we make d and e yeah. just in case yeah so yeah, there's a statement and um it's it's uh, it's a latin um you know, it basically says if if not we will find a way we'll make our own way and there's a great example of that around the, the trail from Wendy Park to Whiskey Island. Um, the sewer district has got this huge tunnel, and the railroad is there, the road is there, and, and basically they're like, we can't get through here. I'm like, we will get through here. I'm like, we, I talked about this in, in Madison. They have these little underground things where the, the doors open up, and you drop the goods in, and they go in underneath the building. I'm like, why can't we build this thing that flaps up if they got to pull these turbines out? And so what we ended up building was a removable bridge. 
Um, so it probably only has to happen once a year, but it's got eye bolts on both sides, and the bridge can be pulled up, moved over, they can do their work, and the bridge can get put back. Yeah. And so we found a way That's awesome. um, to That's get it done. Yeah. So it's like Hannibal. Hannibal, yeah. it's a quote from Hannibal. Yeah. Um, so it's nice. Cool. It's creative. It's great. Yes. Very cool. Brian, thank you so much for coming. Is there anyone uh, you'd like to shout out? Anything you'd like to say? Any closing comments? If not, well, you know, the, the, the San Ignatius wrestling team wishing them luck this year, um, and all, <clears throat> all the wrestling teams. You know, certainly going through COVID last year, I don't even know if we thought we were going to get a season based right. on what happened. And you know, I give a lot of the teams credit and the parents um, for getting their kids out there. And you know, it's a tough sport, right? Tough sport. Um, you know, it's 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 one of those things where you know any team that puts yourself out there is is, is a good thing. And wrestling is just one of those lifelong sports. And you got to pick yourself back up, even if you get beat. You shake that person's hand. That's one of the best parts. That's one of the things I missed during COVID is they wouldn't let kids shake hands. Shake I don't. Know. I don't. They can wrestle, but they can't. They can't, dude. That's it was like an, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm just, it was an eerie, eerie type of. Right. It was not yeah. right. It mm-hmm. felt weird. Yep. It felt weird. Didn't make sense. We heard it universally as a coach, as the kids are like, you know, that that's one of the things of respect. Right. You know, if you yeah. get beat, you shake the kid's hand. If you get, you know, if you win, you still shake the kid's hand. Right. You look them. And that's that's the real part of our wrestling. I also think too the ref actually grabbing the winner's hand and raising it up, and then this guy has to just like yeah, yeah. it's it's so little. Someone who doesn't outside of the sport wouldn't really understand, but we know what it means and all that. But it's just it was just unnecessary. They're gonna roll and sweat and stuff like that, but we can't shake hands or raise the guys. It's uh, they were trying to do the right things. I, I get they it. Were, they I were get it. Mulling through it, but, yeah. but at the end of the day, I just I, I literally had hand control for a minute and right. a half, and I was holding the guy's hand, and then at the end, I can't shake it. Can't it's like right. let's fix this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that an OHSAA rule or what? Like, uh, I I, I it's, don't well, I think it was state by state, but definitely like. I think you probably saw it throughout the nation. I, I, I would probably venture to say the Southern States probably didn't really, <laughs> probably really didn't abide by that one. But regardless, I would, I just, I hope that we don't really see stuff like that this season. You know what I'm saying? I think they're doing it. They're, they're shaking mm. hands. Okay. okay. Good. The good. Seasons, seasons kicks off. Yeah. So uh, the, the comic classic this Friday. I think it's this weekend's uh, for yeah. the main week for the first week of competition. Yep. Then Iron Man comes up right after that. Yeah. So yeah. It's on. It's, it's on. on. I'm ready. Let's get it. 